0: Good evening from our house to your house. Welcome to Rancho Baptist Church Friday, the good Friday evening service. Thank you all so much for for joining us, even though it's virtually. Praise the Lord for, for the opportunity that we have to gather together and even much so more on this Friday where I don't know what you guys usually do. On Good Friday, but we love to gather together as Christ Church and spend time remembering all that Jesus did for us while He hung on the cross and all that He accomplished in in purchasing our redemption for us. So thank you so much for for joining us this evening. We are gonna have an awesome time remembering what Christ did, spending some time in prayer, spending some time in the Word, spending some time worshiping as well as joining communion with one another and remembering him that way. I also wanted to remind all of you that are, that are tuning in right now that we will be doing an Easter service as well this coming up Sunday. And so we'd love to have you join in on that as well. That will be starting at 9.30 here. Well, actually, I won't be here. I'll, I'll go to the church and you'll be there at your home. Lord willing. And that'll be a very, very encouraging time as well. Well, before we get going here, let me, let me open our time up in prayer as we seek the Lord together, that he might grip our hearts and remind us oh so vividly tonight of the incredible price that he paid for us. So let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we
1: we stop and, and we say, thank you. Thank you for,
0: for sending Jesus. And Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you endured, all that you went through upon the cross. Heavenly Father, as we spend time this evening, remembering what Jesus did, what Jesus accomplished, for us, how Jesus was was whipped, beaten, bruised, the anguish, the torment that he endured. Lord, would, would you remind us more and more of your great love as we spend time worshiping you tonight, as we spend time opening up your word and being reminded of the incredible price that you, Lord Jesus, paid upon that cross, knowing that there was no other way for us to receive salvation, but through your precious blood. So we do, Heavenly Father, we say thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together this evening virtually. I pray that you would allow anyone who's internet connection might not be working well, would you ramp up that internet connection? I pray that those that are trying to get on, that they'd be able to get on right now. Lord, I pray that you would bring more and more people who, who don't know you, who have, who have no idea what Good Friday is all about, that they would be able to hear the good news of what you endured for sinners, Lord. Would you make that clear? Would you draw them in? this evening. And Lord, I I pray that you would would speak through your servant this evening, that you would give Pastor Shane the words to say that your spirit would empower him and that you would be glorified, that your name would be exalted, that you would be lifted high in all that we do this evening. So thank you for, for this time, for this wonderful opportunity. And I pray that you would have your way in our hearts now in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Okay. So I am now going to turn this over to, to pastor Shane.
2: Awesome. Thank you, pastor Jason. Um, Obviously we're all in our homes and uh, we're enjoying this time. We miss you guys a lot, RBC family and uh, internet friends. Thanks for joining us live stream for this Good Friday service. Um, Can I give you just a virtual hug? Just a little virtual hug. Miss being together. And uh, this isn't ideal, but praise the Lord for the technology. Uh, Thank you even to Alan Marsala and just setting all these things up for us. And he's been probably doing the the most work out of all of us uh, during this time where we've had to be in our homes and do everything virtually. So good evening, RBC family. Hope you've been And continue to be encouraged as we go through this Passion Week together, focusing our our eyes, hearts, and minds on our Savior and God, Jesus Christ. I was so blessed and encouraged by Pastor Jason's message on Palm Sunday. Um, I know in talking with some of you this week, you commented on how God strengthened you and blessed you through his word. And as you recall, we were challenged to not miss the King through john 12 12 to 19 and we don't want to be found shouting but not worshiping like the crowds that was the first point from last sunday and the people were wanting freedom and deliverance from the romans but missed that christ came to bring us the greatest deliverance from sin death and hell and to bring us into a right relationship with our maker and creator We were reminded that only Jesus Christ can truly save us. As we saw in Luke 19, 41 to 42, it says this. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. Only salvation in Christ brings us true and lasting peace. This world knows a false peace, but not a lasting and perfect peace. Even during these trying times that we find ourselves in, we as God's children have peace because we know God. And we do not want to be found looking to God to just deliver us from this virus or disease or or famine or war, but that He would deliver more and more people from their sin and rebellion against him and give them true peace and use his church to spread the gospel. John 17:3 says this, this is eternal life that they may know you the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We experience true peace in Christ. John 16:33 says I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And in Luke 19.10, says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to bring peace between God and man. He came to bring ultimate reconciliation through his blood and death on a cross. We don't want to be like the disciples, seeing but not understanding. That was point number two from last Sunday. We know that the Spirit brings to mind and illuminates our hearts to the truth of God's word. May we be his church, seeking the scriptures daily and remembering his precious promises to us so that we would see and understand the times that we're living in. And then we saw we don't want to be meeting but missing. The people were more about the miracle, as Pastor Jason was mentioning, raising Lazarus from the dead, and not about the man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, who raised Lazarus from the dead. The people saw so much but missed Jesus as the suffering Messiah who came to die for sins. We need to speak about the God-man, Jesus Christ, as our Savior and King. Salvation of souls needs to be on the forefront of our minds. Do we truly understand who this God-man is? He set his eyes on the cross to willingly give up his own life for his sheep. He was totally obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, Philippians eight. We were able to fix our gaze on Christ in communion together. I hope that went well in your families. To focus on his body that was broken for us and his blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. We know that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, Hebrews 9.22 says. And now we come to Good Friday where we want to look to Scripture, God's holy word again. And think upon the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and what it accomplished for us. But before we do that, let's worship our great God together with these two songs. It's so neat. We're going to be able to worship the Lord together in our home, but knowing that the whole RBC family and those who are joining in are singing these songs together in unison right now as we speak. So let's allow these two worship songs to really affect our hearts as we get into the Word tonight.
3: Who has held the oceans in His hand? Who? numbered every grain of sand. Kings and nations tremble at His voice. All creation rises to rejoice. For man.
2: Amen. I love those worship songs. God is on his throne and is working everything together after the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we have, been, we have obtained an inheritance, having been, been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God is in control of his universe, his earth, and his creation for his glory and praise. He will be exalted. He knows exactly what he is doing. Turn with me in your Bibles uh, tonight or on your phones uh, to Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13. And as you guys are turning there, um, what you're going to see is that these three verses at the end of chapter 52, 13, 14, and 15, make up The first of five stanzas that go all the way through chapter 53 of Isaiah. Um, And that's what we're going to go through tonight on, on this Good Friday service. Nowhere in all the Old Testament does the gospel of Jesus Christ shine more clearly than in Isaiah 53. 700 years before Jesus came into the world, God opened the eyes of his prophet to see into the very heart of Christ's saving work. And the heart of that saving work is substitution. The Messiah is pierced and crushed in our place. The righteous in the place of the unrighteous. The loving shepherd in the place of the lost sheep. The exalted king in the place of rebel subjects. What we have is not only a beautiful revelation of Christ's saving death, In the place of sinners, but also a stunning validation of its truth. Christ not only died for sinners so that we could be saved, he died for sinners in fulfillment of explicit prophecy so that we could know more surely that we are saved. When you read the story of your salvation in detail, 700 years before it happened, you have not only revelation, but validation. So, with the eyes of faith, we see this passage so explicitly refers to the Lord Jesus. It doesn't need much by way of explanation. Indeed, it became so obvious that Isaiah was referring to Jesus after he was crucified and rose again from the dead, that as the church separated from the synagogue, Isaiah 53 was no longer read as part of the Jewish lectionary of readings for the year. This is a good passage to bring up to our Jewish friends and point them to who this suffering servant is, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And like I said, there's five stanzas to this passage, each three verses, and it begins in chapter 52, verse 13. Remember, the chapter divisions and verse numberings were added in, and they are not inspired. They help us to kind of navigate through God's word. But let's start. Uh, In Isaiah 52, verse 13, I'll read these first three verses of this stanza, and you can use your app or take your own notes as we go through this powerful text, but the first point uh, that we see tonight is the exalted Savior, the exalted Savior. Isaiah chapter 52, verses 13, 14, and 15 says this, behold, my servant shall act wisely. As he makes a divine proclamation, he says, behold, my servant. The NIV uses the word see. The word means to fix the eyes upon or to observe with care. John, in his gospel, in John chapter 1, verse 29, says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's similar to that. Behold, my servant. Look, the Lamb of God. Notice, Jesus would be God's servant. Isaiah 42, verse 1 says this, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. God's servant and our Savior, he is Lord. So God speaks, behold my servant. I invite you to do just that this evening with me. I invite you to behold Jesus. I invite you to fix your eyes upon him. I invite you to see him in ways that you have seen him before, but with a greater clarity and purpose. God tells us through Isaiah that his servant will be raised and lifted up. He will be highly exalted, even though his suffering was truly appalling. Not only will he be raised and lifted up and be highly exalted in praise and glory and honor that Jesus Christ, our Savior, deserves. But this reminds me of John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. If you remember from a few weeks ago, when I talked about how Nicodemus, Jesus declared to him, he must be born again. And then Jesus shares something interesting in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. He says this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus was lifted up on that cross. He went to the cross willingly. And it reminds me, Jesus was also drawing back and referring to the story in Numbers chapter 21, verse 9. It says, so Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. You had the people of Israel who were complaining to God and to Moses. They wanted to return back to to Egypt. God sent these fiery serpents down and they bit the people and some of them died. And the people cried out to Moses and said, go before us, help us. And so God told Moses to put this bronze serpent on a pole and raise it up. And whenever the people would look to that bronze serpent on the pole, the the sting from the bites of those serpents would not kill them, but they would live. That was such a beautiful picture. God's word is so good that just as the people look at that bronze serpent and be saved from those fiery serpents, the Son of Man is lifted up, and we have a greater, greater disease called sin, that when we look to Jesus Christ, we are saved. This was fulfilled when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, then in his resurrection and ascension. God then tells us that his servant will sprinkle many nations here in this passage. At first, this phrase phrase may, may seem strange. The word used here means to sprinkle as in to declare clean from disease. Leviticus 14 describes the process whereby one who had been healed from leprosy or some other disease that was considered contagious could be declared clean by the priests. Through his death, Jesus would provide for our cleansing from a disease far worse than leprosy or this virus that we find ourselves battling here in our world. And that disease is sin. This sprinkling could also be seen in Leviticus 4 when the priest sprinkles blood throughout the tent of meeting for the sin offering. This is a clear picture of Christ's blood that was poured out for sin once for all. So this first stanza, we see the exalted savior. The second stanza, we see the rejected savior in verses one through three the rejected savior. Look on as I read. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one From whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. These verses speak of the ministry of Jesus and the growing unbelief found in the Gospels when it became plain that Jesus was not going to fulfill the role of the warrior king and defeat Israel's enemies. On Good Friday, the Jewish authorities rejected their Savior. Even the disciples failed to see hope in Jesus, their Savior. The reference to the arm of the Lord here refers to his power to save his people. Look at Isaiah 51, verse 9. If you turn back a page, it says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. The cross is where God's power resides. The cross, the power of God for salvation. Foolishness to the world, but the wisdom and power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 23 to 25 talks about that. And to add to this text, we can look at John chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. It says, he, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. He was the rejected Savior. And so we have tonight the exalted savior, the rejected savior, and the stanza number three, verses five through six, we have the substitute savior. Jesus is our substitute. Says this, verses four, five, and six, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This is the heart of Isaiah 53 and takes us to the core of what Jesus came to do and why he came. Notice that it was not his sin, but ours that he took on the cross. Look at it again. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement or the punishment that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed let that sink in tonight the apostle paul captures the essence of this in his second letter to the corinthians god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god second corinthians 5:21 verse 6 here in chapter 53 of isaiah Probably derives its imagery from the ritual which took place on the Day of Atonement. In Leviticus 16, 21, and 22, we see how the high priest acts as God's agent and symbolically transfers the sin of the people to a goat, known as the scapegoat, by laying his hands on his head. Then the scapegoat was driven out into the desert to die, even as Christ. The Lamb of God was crucified outside the city. You can see Isaiah 53, 4 through 6 in Peter's first epistle. Keep your finger in Isaiah 53. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. You can hear. You're going to be able to hear Isaiah 53, verses 4, 5, and 6 in what Peter um, writes here in, in this letter. Verse 21 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself. To him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Do you hear that? By his wounds we have been healed. And Colossians chapter 2. Verse 13 and 14 says this, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, that he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So tonight, the first three stanzas of Isaiah 53. The first one, the exalted Savior, the rejected Savior, and the substitute Savior. We're going to pause for a time of communion, but let us reflect even further on Christ's sacrifice as I read from a quote from Martin Luther and what he said. Therefore, quote, when you see the nails piercing Christ's hands, you can be certain that it was your work. When you behold the crown of thorns, you may rest assured that these are your evil thoughts. You should pray God to soften your heart and let you now ponder Christ's passion with profit to you. You cast your sins from yourself and onto Christ when you firmly believe that his wounds and sufferings are your sins to be borne and paid for by him. There's a song that's been dear to my heart that our family's been doing during family worship this week, and we're going to listen to it and worship together. It's called By His Wounds. And then Pastor Eric will lead us in a time through communion.
4: He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him And by His wounds, by His wounds we are
3: healed He was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him By His wounds By His wounds We are healed
4: We are healed By Your sacrifice And the life That You gave We are healed For You paid the price By Your grace We are saved, we
5: are saved He was pierced for our transgressions And crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him And by His wounds
3: By His wounds we are healed That you gave. We are healed for you paid the price.
4: By your grace, we are saved.
3: We are
4: saved.
3: He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. away my sin nothing but the blood of
1: jesus As those of you who
6: are joining us tonight uh, to to celebrate this good friday service it is truly my priv- privilege uh, to lead us right now in a time of communion, um, as we think about this Good Friday, and we are looking to the cross, we are looking to to what was accomplished. Even as Pastor Shane has already been pointing us to the the power of the cross and our suffering servant who went to to lay down his life. Um, tonight, we we want to take just a moment uh, to remember him and remember what what it was that he accomplished in romans chapter 5 we are told that uh, it says for while we were still helpless at the right time christ died for the ungodly for one will hardly die for a righteous man though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die but god demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him that's the, the beauty that was accomplished in Christ's work on the cross not only did he make payment and 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 reconciling us because of his great love for us but in doing this he has saved us from the wrath the righteous, the just wrath of our Heavenly Father. As we look to the cross, we, we ought to, to be mindful of the, the weightiness of that. that, that that wrath that was due upon us for our sins was laid upon our gracious Savior. That as he hung on that cross, he, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because in that moment of bearing the wrath of his father, he felt that, that loss, that absence of, of presence with his father that he had never experienced before as he bore our sins. That is what we come to remember tonight. And as we, we take these elements, as we, we come to the bread, we, we think, upon this bread and in light of his body that was broken in light of his his body that was beaten and and bruises, his beard that was ripped out, he was mocked and shamed. He was pierced
1: for our transgressions. We,
6: as we partake in this bread, we are to remember our, our suffering servant who came and became our Savior, who laid down his life.
1: And Paul, sharing
6: this, this reminder in 1 Corinthians 11 with believers, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
1: In the same way, he
6: took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes and we do long for his coming and as we have considered these things I pray that you continue to allow your mind to to meditate upon these truths, to to be mindful of the amazing work that was accomplished. The words of Christ as he hung on that cross at the end were, It is finished. He completed something beautiful and powerful. And right now we're going to turn to another song. Just to remind us, of a song called The Power of the Cross. I pray that you are encouraged as you continue to worship the Lord tonight.
7: Stay, Christ on the road to Calvary, tried by sin.
2: back as we finish up Isaiah 53. I love that song, the power of the cross. And then by his wounds, we are healed. And I love at the end of that song, it says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Only through Jesus's blood that was shed can our sin be forgiven. Those three stanzas we are looking at before, the exalted Savior, the rejected Savior, the substitute Savior, and then the crucified Savior is the fourth stanza, the fourth point of our night, the crucified Savior. Verses 7, 8, and 9 of Isaiah 53 says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before it shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Here we see a description of the suffering servant's death, so completely fulfilled in Jesus Christ. His trial, illegally held at night, was a mockery of justice. It was oppressive. His assigned grave was to have been with the two thieves with whom he was crucified, but a rich Pharisee and secret follower petitioned Pilate for the body to bury him in his own tomb. An exact fulfillment of Isaiah's prediction. 700 years after it was made, what an amazing Savior who willingly gave himself for us. He was our perfect and sinless sacrifice. Hebrews 4.15 makes us clear. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And then 1 John 3, 5, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. And then we come to the fifth and final stanza of Isaiah 53, verses 10, 11, and 12. And this point is the glorious Savior, the glorious Savior. And it reads this, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Can I read that again? That might have caught us off guard. So true though. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one Verse 12, having poured out his life unto death, he would nevertheless, verse 11, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. He would indeed prolong his days. Verse 10, Christ's work is presented as a victory over spiritual foes, resulting in a distribution of spoils to those made strong in him. I love Christ's words on the cross, even that Pastor Eric mentioned earlier. It is finished. Victory. Christ is our substitute and our perfect atoning sacrifice. And by his wounds, we are healed. And he is the eternal king. My wife Katie just showed this to me this morning, a quote from John Piper. On, on these words, it is finished, and I quote, as you stand beneath the cross of Jesus again on this Good Friday, what do you see? Do you see the Savior's finished work and gladly receive the Father's favor, or do you see a, a work nearly finished? Many of us, after, after singing on Good Friday of the wonders of the cross, live the next day, as if we must add a certain measure of obedience and good feelings before we can enjoy what Christ has finished. But we cannot add to a finished work. We cannot contribute to completion. We can only hold out the hand of faith and humbly and happily receive it. To be sure, we still have a race to run, a devil to resist, good works to walk in, and holiness to pursue but we begin on finished ground. Before any child of God rises to read one verse, pray one petition, or feel one godly emotion, we wake up shielded in the words, it is finished. And as we begin our day at Calvary, we find strength to run our race with freedom, resist the devil with defiance, and walk in good works with zeal and pursue holiness with joy. Sing, then on this Good Friday, our Savior's dying words, it is finished. And then tomorrow comes, take up the song again. End quote. Christ, the victor, grants salvation. Jesus shall indeed come again, crowned with glory and honor, power and majesty. Now do you see how the good news of Jesus was indeed revealed centuries before he came? Revealed by a loving God who wanted people to recognize his son when he came. He came to seek and save the lost. And he's the only one who can remove the blinders from our eyes. He's the only one who can do heart surgery and give us a new heart and make us a new creation in Christ. And so tonight, we looked at those five stanzas from Isaiah 53. We looked at the exalted Savior, the rejected Savior, the substitute Savior, the crucified Savior, and the glorious Savior. The prophecy of Isaiah 53, so graphically fulfilled in the last 12 hours of Jesus' earthly life, it can be summed up in one simple word, love. Love and here are some verses that would epitomize the new testament response to the predictions of isaiah 53 john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life romans 5:8 but god demonstrates his love toward us in this that while we were sinners Christ died for us. And let me read from Romans 8, verse 32 and 33. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, sorry, excuse me, and 32 says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all? All things and let us be reminded of our Savior once again tonight as we close our time Philippians chapter 2 turn there with me Philippians chapter 2 verses 8 through 12 perfect way to wrap up our evening together as we focused on our glorious Savior the one who willingly obediently out of a loving heart for the heavenly father went to the cross. He willingly laid down his life and he had the power to take it back up again. Philippians two, verse eight says this and being found in human form, he, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross.
1: as we think about
2: the suffering servant as we think about the one who was pierced for our transgressions who was punished for our iniquity and yet for some of you who are listening you know what jesus has done you know even what good friday and and even resurrection sunday are all about but it's head knowledge to you
1: may i plead
2: with you to respond as Mark 1:15 and 16 says that you would repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a thing to know what Christ has done. It's to know him and have a personal relationship with God Almighty, your maker and creator through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You must confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. That's from Romans 10, 9 and 10. Would you pray with me as we close our time? And then I just have a couple more things just as a a way of reminder for the celebration this weekend. Let's, Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time in your word as we clearly see the gospel through the book of Isaiah
1: Lord we see that 700 years before Jesus is even here on earth fulfilling this this prophecy Lord
2: that you would show us your perfect plan and your perfect will to crush your son that he would bore our sin on that cross, taking on the wrath, your wrath, that we deserved, Lord, but he would take it upon himself.
1: Father, what a, what a gracious God you are. What a
2: merciful God. What a great Savior we have. Father, I pray that you would allow these truths to sink deep into our hearts
1: tonight. May you
2: Cause us to think deeply, Lord. Thank you for the peace that we have through our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's unlike any other, Lord. And I thank you even during this time where our world seems like there's so much turmoil going on, Lord. There's so many questions of why and so little answers. Lord, we trust that you are good and perfect in all of your ways. That the, your perfect will will come about
1: because you are God almighty. We are not. So Father,
2: as we close tonight, we're anticipating and looking forward to Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, where death could not hold our Savior down. He defeated death, sin, and hell so that we could have a reconciled, a right relationship with you. And We thank you and we praise you for the blood of our Savior. It's in Christ's name we pray, Amen. We also sent out a devotional you can go through with your family tomorrow as you look at the incomparable sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to enjoy that. Well, I believe it went out. It's just uh, maybe like a small five-page devotional. But we want to end our time meditating and remembering what our Savior did for us on the cross of Calvary. We will end with these two songs. And then Alan Marsala will end our time in prayer for us. But these two songs are Before the Throne of God Above, and then All I Have is Christ. May they bless you tonight as we worship in our homes, remember, together, and we honor and exalt our Savior. Goodbye, RBC family.
5: Before the throne of God Above, I Have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives. Me to despair And tells me of the guilt within Upward I look and see Him there Who made an end of all my sin Because the sinless Savior die My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me, to look on Him and pardon me. Changer, all I am the king of glory and of grace, one in himself. I cannot die. My soul is purchased just by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior, and my God with Christ my-
8: Thanks so much for joining us tonight. My name is Alan Marsala. I get to do some of the the behind-the-scenes tech stuff for RBC, and I have a real blast doing it. Pastor Shane asked me to close tonight, but these live streams have been really encouraging to me to view RBC, a church that I've gotten to grow up in, as a body of gathering people from wherever they're at, and not just a building or a church, as we call it, that we drive to and walk into every Sunday. Um, So I hope that it's been really encouraging for for you guys as well. Let me close our time in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much that the gospel can be proclaimed even through a live stream. And I thank you, Lord, for the good news. I thank you for sending your son to die for us that maybe since we're at home that we can picture maybe a bit more of what that would be. Taken out of our regular context, sitting in, in a church building, maybe now we can focus with no distractions, just what it meant for you to send your son to die on a cross for us. Lord, I pray that for anybody that watched tonight or is watching that had never heard the gospel before, that you just reach their hearts, encourage them, have them reach out to a friend or to someone here at the church. Lord, how cool is it that there are churches all around the world right now that are live streaming, and that people who otherwise wouldn't have walked into a church building are able to log in and hear your gospel presented, especially this weekend. So I pray that you go before our night and our weekend as we look to celebrate Easter in a different way. We look forward to gathering again on Sunday. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Stay well everybody and I look forward to seeing you all at the uh, the live stream on on resurrection Sunday.